Waiver Wired is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook. You bet and you get with Caesars Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Week 18, and you are most likely a fantasy football champion. So congratulations to you. It was a tough week. I know I woke up in one league and I saw I didn't have Raheem Moster. And on the same team, I had lost TJ Hawkinson and Amari Cooper, who clearly would have gone off on Thursday. So we were right, I think, on that receiving prop. And then T. Higgins kind of no-showed for me. So it was a tough week. If you pulled out the win, congratulations to you. Eddie, it is time to turn our eyes forward. We're going to do a little reflecting today. We'll talk a little bit about players. You know, we've already touched on fantasy busts, fun fantasy booms, but I want to turn our eyes forward to the future. And there's a lot to look forward to the future. And for those of you who are playing in week 18 fantasy playoffs, don't worry, we got you too. Hang out through the whole episode because I got a special treat for you at the end for you betters, you DFS players, and those of you that are playing in week 18. You're going to want to hang on for that. Eddie, overall, you know, we, we talked about this like two, last week. Mm-hmm. Again, how did it feel like having all these fantasy playoffs going along with the holiday? I just, I, I don't know. I, I want to have my fantasy playoffs as like their own holiday and then a holiday separate. I feel like they just interloped on each other and we got cheated. I'm with you on that. I, I want to keep the holidays from uh, football and fantasy football separate. Although uh, I know we had to deal it again back to back weeks, Christmas and then New Year's. Uh, after seeing those Christmas Day numbers for the uh, the viewer, the viewers. I don't think the NFL will ever give up Christmas Day again, which yep. is a bad, bad no. thing for us. Uh, that used to be the NBA's holiday. Everyone always says the NBA season officially starts uh, yeah. on Christmas Day. And now seeing that the NBA was getting like five million viewers and less and seeing the NFL was pulling in near 30 million people watching uh, goes to show you that's what pe- families do. They get together and they say, I'm just going to sit on the couch and watch football the entire day uh, on the holiday. I but I, I do like it. that I, I, I do want it to be separate. Um, I could handle the New Year's Eve a little bit more so uh than the the christmas day stuff but um i just can't believe like you know obviously we have a a, a you know a fair amount of weeks left for us on here waiver wire for, the, for this football season but i would say 95 percent of leagues are pretty much over with everyone had their championship and like just what a roller coaster this season was i remember us kicking off like baron rogers injury that was the big thing then we had a string of like every week somebody was getting injured and then this season kind of turned into it's like which backup quarter quarterback were you able to get or did you draft two quarterbacks um you know I, I don't think I'll ever forget this fantasy season I'm sure you probably feel the same way it was just such a unique year with like it just really was the league of backup quarterbacks yeah. uh sometimes multiple and it's going to change it going forward so I will never the 2023 and, fantasy season I will never forget you and props to you for calling Joe Flacco having a big game on Thursday it did, it did yes you started Joe Flacco if you played the props then Eddie's your guy like thanks Eddie you were not afraid you were like doesn't matter doesn't matter the matchup he's going off and he certainly did and he won a lot of people your fantasy yeah. championship so be sure you send your thank you note over to that Eddie Murphy <laughs> if you won your fantasy championship with Joe Flacco you may have also won your fantasy championship with Lamar Jackson who last week I was kind of poo-pooing as oh it's recent bias we did our, then, our clip uh not to cut you up but our clip in the mm-hmm. best of pod was us discussing how yeah. can lamar jackson win 
uh, NFL MVP if he was not the fantasy MVP, if there's quarterbacks playing uh, significantly better than him in the fantasy terms. And then we, you know, that was our clip that, that got in the best of everyone listen. And then the reverse jinx, five touchdown passes, a it, humongous victory. We did it for uh, you for guys. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. We reverse jinx Lamar Jackson for you. But I, I do want to say, you know, since then, because I was like, oh, well, I guess Lamar Jackson does look like she went for MVP. I went and looked more at at stats and I'm still, I mean, he's getting hot at the right time. Don't get me wrong. And the Ravens are a better team than some of the other quarterbacks you are considering. But again, Dak, 32 touchdowns, only eight receptions. That touch, I'm sorry, interceptions. Mm -hmm. That touchdown to interception ratio is really, really good. And not for nothing, Dak has a pair of rushing touchdowns too. Lamar has... I mean, not yeah. that that's me. And obviously a lot of Lamar's, you know, yards came on the ground, but his passing yards are what? There's so much. What are they? 20, 34, yeah. 42. I'm not, I'm not saying I, I need to get more precise. I'm it's, sorry. It's, it's but, the, uh, Lamar is like, again, we're still, not, we're still not wrong in the, he's not fantasy MVP. He's not even probably in top five quarterback fantasy. I mean, maybe I'm wrong there, but um, after last week, he, he had, he had yeah, a big he week. Now. He's probably now, um, but yeah. you know, our conversation last week, I don't think he was there. And I, I think for them, it's just a total body of work with the Ravens with like, the, you know, the team is good. Topsy, the AFC, um, he does a little bit on the ground, does a little bit in the air. That whole combo is kind of what makes him uh, the MVP. And now he's like a minus 3000 or whatever it was the last I saw for him to, to win. Um, but it is, I guess what also helped him, uh, you know, McCaffrey, uh, you know, obviously left the game of the injury, not going to play week 18. So that kind of probably hurts his MVP case. And then you have Purdy fell off, obviously after the, the really bad game versus the Ravens. And then now with like CD lamb, you're a guy kind of near Tyree kill who missed the game. Hasn't had yep. like a monster game. So he's near him mm-hmm. in the yard. So we went from the 2000, you know, the conversation about him having two K well, the CD lamb was right on, on his heels. So uh, CJ Stroud missed some time too, when he was a fun story to watch for a, a lot of the year. So a lot of those guys that were kind of on the heels of Lamar Jackson did fall off and he did have a great fantasy game in the most important week. So uh, I guess now I'm, I actually feel better about him getting it uh, this yeah, week way more than, than last week. And me I'm too. happy he did have a big, a big fantasy outburst for those who had him uh, in their championship. Well, there's no value in you making that yeah, bet. Yeah. So don't make it. <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, we've done a lot of looking backward. And one thing we do need to quickly look backward on before we start looking forward mm-hmm. is the matchup between Shrek and Hench. So for those who didn't follow us on social media, you just listened to the podcast. You should know the champion is Kevin Hench. Those Los Angeles Rams put up bonkers numbers for Hench. And Jameer Gibbs did to Shrek what he did to a lot of you, which is basically no show. He pulled (laughs) his best Tony Pollard impression. He thought, hey, why not? Why not? to like be Tony Pollard today. And he stunk. He was terrible. Um, and what's interesting, of course, is we were debating like, you know, Najee and Warren were on Sheck's bench. And it's funny because like we were debating it at the end, like about starts, because I was going back and forth between whether he should start Ayuk or Rice. And then I asked him, I am assuming it's PPR. And I had been assuming it was PPR the whole time. Same. Yep. And Same. then he wrote back and he's like, it's not. And I was like, oh no, I have to rethink everything. Okay, for those of you who are still playing in the standard league, God bless you. But consider 
consider changing to a, a, a way to incentivize the scoring a little differently. I promise you it's more fun. Okay, if you don't want to go full point PPR, totally get it. Maybe add some bonuses for first down, something, maybe do a half point PPR, I get it. But standard scoring, I'm looking at their championship totals. The winner doesn't even crack 100 points. That's just a buzzkill, yeah. okay? It's like betting unders all year. And here's the other problem with standard leagues. It's like you're basically putting together an, a, like a seven-leg touchdown parlay. That's what you're trying to do because that's all you're playing for is touchdowns. And so when I saw that it was standard, like I suddenly was like, oh no, I have to rethink these running backs because I don't think Jameer Gibbs is the running back with the best chance to have a touchdown. I think Monty has a better chance for a touchdown. I think Najee and Warren have a better chance for a touchdown for the Seahawks, though I don't know which one. I mean, Najee's been out carrying Warren, but anything could happen, Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. And, And Dave said, I made my peace with Gibbs. And I was like, great. Stick with Gibbs because you know what? Gibbs is the probably the most talented of his group. I would agree. Arguably, you know, well, he had Bijan, who was fine. But can you imagine? And who's going to make this the choice to sit Gibbs? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, especially. Well, I I was the same as you. I also didn't think it was PPR. I assume everything now is PPR, unless said otherwise. Um, So when I'm hearing like Gibbs and PPR, I'm like, his his floor is going to be great. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, check like, you know, again, for those who haven't looked at the roster, um, I believe what he did, he had Rasheed Rice slotted in. He actually subbed him out for George Pickens. Pickens had a nice day. No, Uh, he did not. Oh yeah. He subbed out Rasheed. Yeah. For for Pickens. Yeah. That was, that was no. I also had Ayuk on the bench too. And who also had a very nice I told you Ayuk or Rice. Yeah. And you didn't play either of them. You played Pickens. He said of the, all the, the Steelers bust, you could yeah. have chosen of all the Steelers you could have chosen. You didn't, you went with, okay. I know, I know we talked to you out of Rudolph. That was the right choice Tua was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, that Pickens wasn't going to happen. I mean, he was good. He was, but, yeah. he, but, but not, he was not going to be better than Rice or Ayuk. I, yeah. I mean, what do you have? Pickens had uh seven catches, 131, 131 yards. So I got it not in, and it's, you know, if it's PPR that also helps you quite yeah. a bit. So that's, that's where it stinks. That's a very interesting choice, but you know what? I don't blame you. you had to have somebody from your team. So I get he, it. He almost I actually did. He almost did break a tackle to score. Uh, and I was on that text thread with um, Hench and Sheck, obviously. And uh, yeah. they were both going crazy when Pickens was tackled. Almost uh, almost won that, that match for him. So, yeah, I, I feel like I've heard a lot of people, friends and family members that have been in leagues. I feel like a lot of tight races this year from what I heard. I know anecdotal, but I heard a lot of very close calls and championship games. So Sheck and Hench had another one. That was a, a fun thing to cover. Obviously got a lot of uh, social media popularity from there, the, the members in that league. So now the fun part is what does Hench do? Who does Hench kick out? Does he kick out Simmons, Sal? I think Sheck is probably safe. It was a hard fought game. And I think for content for our, our network, it, it, it's a lot of fun. So I think Sheck is probably safe, but who knows? Cause don't remember that, you know, can't forget Sheck did have John Ham kick out Hench uh, two seasons ago. So it, it's, it is possible. I think everybody else in the league is probably glad that Hench won. Yeah. Uh, Cause I think they're far more afraid of Sheck's decisions. Yeah. And I can't wait to find out what happens. So you guys tune into minus three. It's a great podcast. And three, you, Hench and Shaq are three of the most entertaining, fun people to listen to. 
if you're not, or I'm sure you're already following it, you're filling the network, but you get, you got to follow this podcast. It's fantastic. You know, if, if we record this week, who knows how, who knows if Shaq even wants to, if this, he might be devastated. He might be, uh, oh, Shaq. And I just gave you crap about Pickens. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. He wasn't that much less points than Rice or Ayuk. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, and I should have told you to start Najee once I heard it was standard. I should have just, that it. Sorry. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gambling helpline ma.org michigan call 1-800-270-7117 illinois maryland new jersey tennessee virginia west virginia ohio pennsylvania affiliated with harris philadelphia if you or someone you know has a gambling problem crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or west virginia 1-800-GAMBLER.net new york call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com looking forward there's no more time to cry about mistakes we made that's it even if you're in a standard league and you win it with less than 100 points which is depressing don't cry about it fix it let's talk about our 2024 fantasy football resolutions i put out a call to you guys on social media for these 2024 resolutions and you guys had some fun ones 
I have a few. I know you probably have a few, Eddie. I want to go over those. And then we're going to hit some news. And then we're going to talk some betting. This is going to be a fun episode today. Yeah. Okay. Give me your 2024 fantasy football resolution or resolutions. So I was thinking uh, long and hard about this. And and I I think sometimes in the fantasy community, there is every year something flares up, but there's like a new trend, whether it's, you know, zero running back, for example, is a very, very popular one. And I was looking kind of into that. Um, I know we did talk a little bit about, you know, the the situation with quarterbacks going forward. You have to draft two, uh, you know, even in non super flex leagues. Um, so I'm trying to think of like, what is a trend or something that I'm going to have a, a resolution to do? And my resolution is basically to not, abide by a, a strategy like that, like a hardcore thing, because every draft is different. People make smart choices. People make dumb choices. Things change, um, you know, and and back to like the zero running back one. That was something I was almost buying into because I we, we all know coming into this season where it was like running backs are not valued a ton of committees, but seeing like this year and if you look at the NFL like the rushing leaders there's already a a bunch of guys that are that are eclipsed you know the 1000 yard mark and if a number of running backs play in week 18 there are a lot of guys in like the, the 900 plus yard range that could eclipse it so there's a chance that we're going to end with double digit amount of people with 1000 rush yards which to me means like you don't necessarily have to go the zero running back route there are guys who are who are all were drafted uh you know especially earlier in 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 seasons uh in drafts sorry to like so my resolution basically is to not abide by a certain strategy and and be you know dead set on that you could be flexible because things are going to change so i guess that's my advice to everyone is like because you read somebody say do as you're running back or draft xyz like just be more open-minded be more flexible because the league is constantly changing and we can never predict it we've never would have predicted this season uh and a year where we said running backs don't matter and now you're going to have you know 10 plus guys over the thousand yard mark so again like just take it draft by draft is really my my resolution i will abide by that it's interesting because a couple of those guys though were zero running back selections over yes. the thousand yards Rohim Mostert yes you know Kyron Williams but Bijan so, may be a thousand yard and, and Tony Bijan Pollard surprisingly is close. He was a and and right. Yeah. So, it, it's so I'm very, saying Derek Henry, still over a thousand yards. Like these guys were over a thousand yards, even though we crapped out. Yeah. Thanks, Derek Henry in my yeah. finals. Um, anyway, not, not angry at you. Not angry at you, Derek. Saquon, Joe Mixon. Like these are guys that were drafted, you know, at earlier rounds and they're Absolutely. right. Absolutely. The Mixon point. was so solid. He, yeah. he never gets drafted as high as he should. He keeps putting up like solid seasons and like he's just kind of boring, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so people, he always gets undervalued. I agree. You got to roll, roll with it. Yep. You got to take what the draft gets you. You can't go in with like, this is the rule. I mean, remember we debated this earlier, like they used to be way for a quarterback and then mm -hmm. it was drafted quarterback early. And now it's like the half the top 10 quarterbacks were late. Half of them were early. So who's right. Who's wrong. You got to go with your gut mm -hmm. when you do this. And it's the same for your, your lineup decisions, by the way, you got to be sure to trust your gut. So I have a couple resolutions kind of in that vein. And, um, one of mine is when I don't feel super confident about something, don't be afraid to admit I don't know it and go to an expert for it. Here's what I mean. I hate kickers. I'd rather just not play them. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to project them, and I don't want to deal with them. The fact is we do play with kickers. So instead of burying my head in the sand and being like, and whatever, I'll just punt that position. I'll get enough points and all the other ones. Don't waste the spot. 
Remember two seasons ago when we played in the postseason and we won our uh, $5,500 prize? Of course. We did it on the back of a kicker. We did it on the back of Evan McPherson. That was our step and that's how we did it. So I went this year in my fantasy championship and I went to, by the way, I recommend you all follow her. Her name is Linda. Linda Leons is her uh, at L-I-N-D-E. L-L-I-O-N-S is her Twitter and she writes for Fantasy Life and all that. And I went to her. She loves kickers. Like she's obsessed with them and she ranks them, which is so weird. Sorry, Linda. It's so weird. But at the same time, I love you. So, you know, somebody wrote us and said, who do you write for a kicker? I'm like, you know what? I don't know. I'm sorry. I can go look up other people's ratings and try to figure it out. But you know who's really good? It's Linda. And I just like pointed it to Linda and Linda suggested someone. And after she suggested someone, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get that guy right now. You know what I did? I picked up Kymie Fairbairn. You know what he put up for me? 16 points. Yeah, baby. It was a difference maker. It was the difference. So when I don't know, I'm not going to get mad about it and just say, I'm just going to take a floor. I don't care. I'm going to go to the people that know, and I'm going to use their advice because people ask me for help. Why wouldn't I ask somebody else for help? Right? So that's number one. Number two is I'm going to start saying no to fantasy football leagues that I don't really want to play in. Okay. I don't want to hurt people's feelings, but I say I've been really bad about saying yes, because I've done it or yes, because they ask. And you know what happens is I kind of forget and I kind of get lazy and I don't prioritize. And then like I miss the start and I'm like, eh. and then I end up kind of like not feeling good about it. And I like squeak into the playoffs, but I didn't do the best things I could do. And then my other teams suffer. Mm-hmm. Because I'm so divided because I'm thinking a little bit about this and everything. I want to focus in on the teams I definitely want to play for. And I'm going to play them like I used to play before I became an expert. And I was expected to be in like 75 leagues because then I'm going to have more fun. Let me ask you, because this may be helpful for listeners who are obsessed with fantasy football. And we we love those folks. But what do you think is a is the maximum amount of teams you could realistically manage in a, in like your A plus effort? Like, what do you think is the cutoff? Like when do you start, when do you think it starts getting to the point where you're like, the teams will start to suffer over what number? I think more than seven, seven. Okay. And I've been over seven for a while. Yeah, I know you have. Yeah. And I don't think I can probably get it to under seven because I have certain required industry leagues I have to do. Mm-hmm. But then that doesn't leave me a couple fun ones that I want to do. Yeah. So I think I have to keep mine, you know, to 10 is what I'm going to aim for. So I'm going to aim for it probably end up being 12. I'm so so then part, part two of my question, do you think it matters if you're, if you have a seven plus leagues, is, is it easier or harder? I guess, I guess the, I just answered my own question. It's probably easier, right? But it's probably not feasible, especially if you're doing like a PPR league, a standard league, a super flex league, like something's a dynasty auction drafts right. versus like snake yeah. draft. Like you probably want to kind of conform it to. Yeah, I've got two dynasty leagues too. Crap. Yeah. I got to make up, up it to 12. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you, you must be near the tops of like the different leagues, but I, I definitely agree with you. I think seven, if, if you're mostly doing big PPR standard drafts, like I think seven, you could probably manage. Um, okay. But I think you're, if you're North of that number and you're doing different style leagues and, and different uh, style rosters and oh my and, God, IDP. Yeah. I mean, and that's also crazy. for me, I'm still playing fantasy baseball. Right. season, right? Mm-hmm. So my, my fantasy baseball season is still going. I have all those expert leagues and all of that too. So like it ends up, I don't want it to be a chore. Mm-hmm. I want it to be fun. 
because I play better if I'm having fun and I play more competitively if I'm having fun and I'm still having fun. Guys, I am not complaining. You know what I already did this morning? I already did an MLB best ball draft and I already signed us up for our fantasy postseason, Eddie Murphy, just so you know. Can't wait. Because I have a problem. Um, Yeah, next week, by the way, everyone, we are going to start talking about fantasy postseason games. There are so many ways to play. So next week, we're going to go over all the different formats you can play. And then we're going to start to build our playoff team. And as you know, um, each year, Eddie and I have won a fantasy playoff championship. The mm-hmm. first year we won it for big money, which was awesome. A bunch of monks, a bunch of sharks. And last year we won our podcast league. So we have to try to keep it going and we will do our best to give you our best advice. But that is our favorite way to play because everybody stops playing. You don't need to stop join us at it and you don't have to play dfs i mean dfs is fine Mm -hmm. but fantasy postseason is even more fun it's i just started doing it you know when in the inception of this of this show and and uh, not only doing the league you know obviously with the rest of our our pods here at ep is a lot of fun but like you said do join other leagues and i think that not a ton of uh fantasy podcasts or even fantasy like experts really talk about this the the postseason leagues uh and like you said jenna it doesn't end you know it's not over uh this past sunday because the championship played like there is a lot of football left um and it also it's a lot anyway yeah of course it's great it's great that you can continue into 24 playing it and uh, obviously high stakes too because for these nfl players who are you know in the postseason you get to to uh play fantasy and that so i mean it's it's great that it's not over anymore you can keep going uh and we happen to be pretty good at it and uh again one of the few pods that will let you dive into that so keep keep yeah we'll take your we'll take your postseason questions all that Mm -hmm. jazz Mm -hmm. um so we asked you guys for your fantasy resolutions and we got a few so i want to share them with you um commissioner breeze who by the way today is his birthday so happy birthday commish saw that on twitter big one too 40 turning 40 it's great he said avoid drafting landmines like tony pollard yeah a lot of people will uh but tony pollard's been a bum for fantasy it's kind of been a bum as a cowboys player and i have this fantasy dream that somehow we're gonna go get either derrick henry or austin eckler on some kind of a cheap contract Mm -hmm. and we'll just use them just goal line monsters like Zeke was. I mean, what what do we give up? Well, we give up Zeke. We gave up so many touchdowns, so many touchdowns by letting Zeke walk. Just give him a cheap contract. Just he'll take it. He wants to stay in Dallas. Come on, guys. Or maybe he didn't. I don't know. But anyway, we need goal line monster like Austin Eckler used to be. I, I totally agree. I think the Cowboys do need that. They did have that. I would think even higher of the Cowboys and I have been pretty high in them. Um, and just to respond to to this, you know, resolution, while I, I think in theory, it sounds good. I'm not sure if there's really any, any scientific way to avoid yeah. it. It's just going to happen to everyone because look like the thought. Oh, pro- I like, know how you could have done it, Eddie. You could have taken our advice on this podcast. That's very true. But, you know, but like, let's let's break down Pollard. And maybe my thoughts are different than, than yours is because you're a Cowboys fan. But when you look at Pollard's situation, you think a guy that is good in the passing game. So it helps in PPR leagues. There's no other clear cut running back in a committee to bother him. Like it, to me, it's like, okay, well, like the math kind of checks out and then you draft him and doesn't work out to what you expected. Although he is, you know, on the heels of a thousand yard season as well, depending on right. if he plays next week, but uh, which he should, but I, I, so like while I get the sentiment, you want to avoid that. It's going to happen. You're going to hit some landmines, but also the flip side is like some guys take a chance on that. You think the mat does check out and then it hits and then you, and you feel great about yourself and your team. So I think, unfortunately, there's no good way to miss it. But like, 
I wouldn't get down on yourself for taking Pollard and and expecting a good season because it, it did make sense to me, at least in the preseason, that Pollard would have been a, a threat um, to be a, a top fantasy running back. So don't be too hard on yourselves. We got another resolution from Sam Langley Clifford, and it is to win more than 50% of championship matchups. I like this one because it just says, I just want, if I get two, if I get three, I want to win two. If I get to five championships, I want to win three. Now, remember, I mean, you can have your own resolution, but try not to have too many teams. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me. It will burn you out at a certain point. Um, I like that one. Okay. Salamander soup. This one, it, he, you're, I know Eddie's going to not like this one. He said his resolution is not to draft Saquon Barkley again. Well, going forward, I kind of agree because the, the future of the Giants, the future of Saquon, obviously yeah. his contract, he's, he may move sure. on. He is getting up there in age. But again, he's another guy that is, you know, less than 100 yards away from a thousand yard season, has a bunch of yards from scrimmage, too, because of the passing game. Like the Giants season was bad. Saquon, if you drafted him this year, he had a pretty solid season for you in a year that we thought the running back position was going to suffer. He was OK. Now he had a bad championship week. Um, so I understand that. Like he played a, a, a tough interior D line of the Rams. They kind of shut him down. Aaron Donald had a great game. So I'm sorry uh, on behalf of the New York Giants and Saquon if you lost your championship matchup because of him. But. Again, I know that it's the this was the paramount week. This is the pinnacle, the apex of your fantasy season. But you have to remember, he kind of got you there. Like he had a pretty solid season. So um, yeah, I, I mean, on a per game basis, he was the RB eleven. Maybe not as high as yeah, you drafted him, sure. but okay. Overall, he, he one hundred and eighty points. You know, he missed a lot of games, so yeah. maybe that's part of it. And I sure. think maybe there were high expectations because last year he had such a resurgent season. Yeah, and so people. And I understand moving forward, like he's only getting older. So I get where that comes from. That's probably actually a pretty smart one to just tell yourself, no matter how excited I get about Saquon, my head is different than my heart. My head's going to say, but but there's got to be a point where if Saquon drops, you got to take him. Yeah, I mean, but I, I get and again, I get it. I mean, he is going to be 27 next year. Again, the contract, who knows? Uh, I do. I think he'll he has another thousand yard season in him at some point of his career. Like, I think definitely I think he's ability to do it if he stays healthy. Um, but you're right. Again, like if you draft him early, you know, high first round pick, he was RB 11. You probably didn't get the value you wanted there. Maybe you get him the second round. You feel pretty good about it. But uh, I, under, I understand going forward. But again, like, let's not poo poo a guy who, you know, could be a thousand yard running back. Now we got a fantasy resolution from Jeff Enola who wrote that his resolution is to stop playing. Never stop. Jeff. Now, Jeff, I'm not going to make you call 888-FANTASY-ANONYMOUS because I don't think this is an addiction problem. I feel like this is maybe just how you feel the day after the season ends. But we all know this is going to change. It's going to feel, it's just like, you know, when you're in your team losing the Astros, they got kicked out of the playoffs and I was so mad at them. And next year I'm totally going to be wearing my jer- my Altuve jersey again. Fine. You guys throw tomatoes at me if you want. I don't care. Um, by the way, I, I started, I, I'm such a weirdo. I, the second fantasy football is over, I started looking at baseball projections and Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez are, are projected for over 107 RBI. I got so excited. Okay. No more tangent. <laughs> or this is going to turn into another podcast altogether. Um, Jeff, I will not support your resolution. I'm sorry. You will play and you will be happy about it. Totally. 
I'm with you. You gotta, you gotta don't quit. Um, maybe don't, maybe don't join as many leagues as Jen does, but, uh, if you are going to play in your, you know, let's say seven maximum, like we, we set the rule on the podcast, you know, if you're upset about your teams, they didn't get where you wanted to go in the the fantasy postseason, then, then try a new strategy, maybe try different leagues, try out, uh, you know, uh, do, do one league, make it a play with IDPs, one league, make it an auction draft and do another snake draft, do a super flex league, change it up, change your draft strategies. Maybe you'll get lucky with one team and then you'll have that playoff success and you won't feel as bad about it because like Jen said, you will get that FOMO. You will miss the Sundays where you're not checking your lineups. And and when you're winning, especially when you're cruising into the night, the primetime games and you definitely have the lead, you have the win locked up. That's a great feeling and you're going to miss that. Now here's one from Jeff Gordon and this one I'm so invested in. Jeff said his goal for 2024 is to win his first fantasy football title. Oh my gosh, Eddie. I am so invested in this personally. Jeff, I will answer every question for you. And if I don't know, I will point you to the person who does. I will give you the best thing I can. I will be rooting for you all the way. Maybe you're going to become our mascot. We can make it like a NASCAR mascot. His name's Jeff Gordon. Perfect, Jeff Gordon. (laughs) Oh, like, we're going to be like, help Jeff Gordon cross the finish line. And we can cut like a whole thing. Maybe we can track it in graphics. I think the Omaha people can help us. I love that. We are so in, Jeff. And then finally, I saved this one for last so that we can go ahead and have this conversation because I know we're not going to get through the podcast without this conversation. And just from one of my all-time favorite Twitter people, um, Tom Davis, who said, how about a category for NFL officiating as a resolution? Um this is like me saying a, a PI category. I want like half the points for that, but NFL officiating, I don't want a category for that because I think it would just make me even more angry because then I would be thinking even more about how screwed up the refs are, but I totally get where you're coming from. And of course, this is the part of the podcast where we must discuss the lions and the Cowboys. Um, and I think We should start by talking about the curse, the reverse of the curse. Inducting Jimmy Johnson Mm -hmm. into the Cowboys ring of honor is going to reverse the curse. And it's possible that as creepy and twisted as it is, that our first break happened in this game. Now, I feel kind of bad about this. I feel better about it now, in retrospect, now that more stuff has come out about how everything went. But I went from feeling like, oh, but there were three fouls on the play. Not quite. We didn't see everything. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? To being like, okay, well, that just happens. And, you know, this was a masterclass in the worst coaching possible anyway throughout the last two minutes of that game. I mean, it, Mike McCarthy should not be at, at the two-minute mark. He should just, fine. If he wants to call the rest of the game, fine. After that, he should not be allowed to do any more clock management, any more calls, because he is trying harder than any other team to beat the Cowboys. Like, he personally is trying to beat the Cowboys on some subconscious level, because you you cannot screw this up more than this. And then on the other side, after Dan Campbell didn't get his first two-point conversion, and then the He went for a second one. Okay, maybe I'll give you one more because I know you're trying to show off here. You're a little mad, whatever. And then it was clearly not going to work and you got a lucky break with Parsons jumping off sides. Okay, so those offset. Okay, then the the third one, 
you still didn't just kick the extra point and give your guys another quarter to try to win the game. Had to win it there. Mm, yeah, that was terrible coaching. No, I felt bad about it that night because then they showed the video of the linemen coming up and mm. announcing and all this. I'm like, oh my gosh. And the Cowboys got to win. And there are major implications because as we know, we've talked about this story a hundred times. The Cowboys are so much better at home. They were averaging 40 points per game at home. Instead of, so for them to get the number two seed, which is highly likely if they beat the commanders this weekend and lock up the division is huge. And then they don't have to face the 49ers potentially until the championship game. Maybe they'll get lucky and someone else will eliminate them. It's the best spot you can possibly. I mean, it is the luckiest break you can possibly get. That's bad. It's bad to win that way. It doesn't feel good. But then more and more stuff has come out, Eddie. Like, okay, the tripping. You saw the tripping thing that didn't get called on the mm -hmm. previous drive. Tripping penalty was called on the Cowboys and it was Aiden Hutchinson. Okay, but you still can't do makeup calls. Okay. Then we find out that Dan Campbell was trying to be involved in some form of deception, if you will. I mean, it's not technically wrong, but it's a little, it's risky. Okay. And it's a little questionable. Like having three linemen go up, you risk confusing the referees, which they did. But here's what it really comes down to. You cannot say that that two point conversion would have been fine no matter what. Because the defense did not have a fair chance because number 70 was what was announced. And the defense planned for number 70. So if he had just come back, they, they had to pull it because the defense wasn't prepared for who was eligible. They never announced 68 as eligible. So the Cowboys couldn't defend it. They didn't have a fair chance to defend it. It was the referee's error. There's no question about mm. that. But you can't just say it was only the referee's error and, the, and therefore the Detroit Lions should automatically win either because the also the Cowboys didn't get a fair chance to defend it because I, of the referees there. I unfortunately do not agree. I think the rule itself is archaic um, that you have to announce who is eligible. I feel like if you understand football, which everyone on defense does and the coaching staff does, um, you understand the NFL offensive line will have a center, two guards, two tackles, and then everyone else is basically eligible to catch a football. Um, if you see, if you see a number 68 or number 70, if you see one of those big boys, like the Lions had run out for a pass, um, what do you think he's doing? Like the defense should be able to ad adapt and should sh should cover him. Now, that being said, it clearly was the referee's fault um, and announcing the wrong player when he was not paying attention. That's human error. And he, and he six, messed if up. If you see number 68 right now and he wasn't announced as eligible, then you don't have to defend him because it's going to get called back anyway. See what I'm saying? Yeah, but I but but they wouldn't. That, that's a penalty, and they would have an illegal man downfield. So I don't think Detroit would do that. Detroit wouldn't well, do that and cost themselves. So I I don't but, think but that's, the defense is supposed to think about that so fast. They just need to think about who they have to defend, and that guy was not eligible. No, but I'm saying, but Detroit wouldn't have a play if you can't have an illegal man downfield and, and advance the ball. So if they they wouldn't, Detroit wouldn't shoot themselves in the foot because you would the play would be called. But it they would might be a penalty. You can't expect Dallas to assume Detroit wouldn't shoot themselves in the foot and defend it. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I think that if the, 
I mean, Dan Campbell went pregame and said to the referee, we're going to do this play. We saw Jared Goff point him over. It's simply what it comes down to is the ref screwed up and took away a, a successful converted two-point conversion. And I just disagree that you even have to announce who's eligible anyway, because again, you have five offensive linemen, anyone else. It, like if you have a tackle eligible play, usually what happens is a tackle will come in and he'll just, a, he's just a blocker. But it, again, like the minute that he's running a route past the line of scrimmage, he becomes an eligible player. That's why that rule exists where you have that's why you can't actually deceive anyone in the nfl because if you have a guy downfield who is ineligible and that's it's it's a dead ball it's a it's a penalty so if the guy is running out you would assume that he is eligible because why would the offensive team call a play that they know is a penalty pre-snap so uh, if they announced that if they announced that he wasn't at that 70 was eligible and this guy wasn't then you think i don't have to worry about defending that guy because it's just a penalty if he catches it anyway it's coming back yeah, but I, again, like I, I just don't agree with the rule. I don't think the rule should be. Well, okay. I think it is archaic, and I also not think that. Saying. But I, but I think that I'm not. I, I, the referee screwed up, and like it's he if, did screw up. There's no question the, about that. And if there's and if the, he just clearly did not pay attention, like we all had the footage, we all saw the, we saw the guy hit him tap his chest, like we saw what it was. He messed up. It was human error. And then for the post game for him to basically say that the Lions are liars um, doesn't really sit well. And then what are the NFL do instead of punishing them and you know banning them from the postseason? They're now calling a game next week. They're calling a primetime game next week, um, and they're right back you know where they always were. So again, the NFL will never admit fault. The NFL will I never change say, though, the referees. Campbell basically coming out and admitting they were trying to deceive. With the three linemen, because did you read the article in the Athletic? I, I just don't agree that the, and there's really no read the article there's no athletic. deception to me. I don't. I mean, I know you're a Cowboys fan, you see it differently, but I don't. I don't believe in deception because the NFL has actual rules when called correctly to stop that. So again, like you know that the left guard is not going out for a pass, and if he does, that's a penalty. So when you have right. two so extra why guys, does, in, why waste your time defending him because it's a penalty anyway? Right, but so I, why he, should I? Why he, should I have to defend him and, and stop that two point conversion if it's an ineligible player? I'm not going to waste my energy. If they had announced he was eligible, I would have been watching him. I'm well, they defense. they did bring in extra linemen, and the, in, and somebody was announced, so you they knew the play. Like I understand what you're saying that like you don't have to cover a guy who is not announced. I understand that, yeah. but I, what I'm saying is Detroit wouldn't do that. So it's like, well, yeah, but if you're Dallas, you're not sitting here in those moments thinking, but Detroit wouldn't make that mistake. I understand they wouldn't have like we're seeing. Well, it's, not a, it's not a mistake. It's a it's an illegal play. But so that why would Detroit call Detroit an illegal play for the two point conversion? Play. Okay, why is that guy running? I mean, I don't know. I mean, either way, anyway. I think it's as, the biggest. As I said, at first in, I felt bad about it, and I thought we got that handed that win, and we shouldn't have. But the more that comes out, the less I feel that way. I, yeah, I just I disagree. I think they were clearly it was robbed due to referee error. Uh, Roger Goodell has the power per the rule book to. Get, to change the outcome of the game. He won't do that. He won't admit uh, default, like he won't admit fault with the referee crew. You can't, if, you can't if, just change the outcome of the game when the defense wasn't notified about who was eligible. I just, but it, I, 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 it was because of the referee's error and the play worked. The referee, but so that you have to replay it anyway. The you referee then. And they had another chance and it does suck. It does suck. But. It shouldn't just be reversed. It shouldn't just be given to the Lions when the defense didn't have a chance to appropriately prepare. That's the rule. They were given the wrong information. Yeah, it was the referee's error, but you can't just... just yes, but the Lions did their it. part. The Lions did their the part. The Lions it, got it, more it, chances. It's not like they, the Cowboys automatically won after that. It's not like they just gave it to the Cowboys after the game was over. They still got two more chances. I don't agree. that. I don't. I just game, don't agree with the instinct. If you just reversed the game, then, then that's not... 
playing it out again, getting another chance to play. The, and they missed out on their trick play. I'm starting to not like Dan Campbell, by the way. The d- the defense had like defensive players instincts just to cover anyone. And I, so I don't agree that if you're a defensive player and you see somebody run around, you're not going to cover them. So I definitely disagree with that. And I, again, I still disagree that the rule is archaic. You should not have to announce anyone. And the biggest thing is that this has been the worst year. Yeah. Yeah. This has okay. been the worst year for NFL okay. referees. Hold on, hold on, hold on. If you want to talk about rules being archaic, let's talk about the real rule that's archaic. That would have changed that game. How about fumbling in the end zone being a touchback? T- terrible. It's a terrible rule. I totally agree terrible. with that. So that should yeah. be changed too. But however, we still had to abide by it because it is the rule, which sucks. Well, then that's part of my point that if if this this in my besides maybe the Nikel Roby Coleman non you know PI call, everyone knows that on the NFC title game that sent the the Saints uh, that sorry sent the Rams to the Super Bowl instead of the Saints. Um, this is probably the worst referee because it wasn't a subjective call it was a hard and fast rule that the referee missed because of his own error because he was not paying attention for whatever reason so i and if the nfl is not going to look into this and change anything with referees whether it's making full-time refs or it's just like you have a command center instead of whatever it is they could overrule refs if you're going to have this continue and then have like John Perry go on ESPN after the game's over and defend the referee and then have the referee say that the Detroit Lions are lying and then have the same referee crew who should be punished now referee a game next week. The NFL will never going forward will never ever correct themselves or fix anything because they know we keep watching. Like we talked about early in the show, 30 million people watch these games on Christmas Day. They're never going to change it. So uh, we will continue to watch a bad product. We will continue to have to uh, hold tight and cross your fingers that every play doesn't end with the yellow flag in the field. And if this doesn't change it, it won't. I understand your sentiment as a Cowboys fan. I know you're saying that you, like, you should okay, But I have to tell you, this isn't as a Cowboys fan. Like, I know it's hard for you to believe that. But yeah, I'm not no, I, I I get it. I, I'm, I'm upset I, I just with... I really believe that there was there's no way to just say, oh, okay, well, give it back to the Lions. You can't, like, reverse the outcome of the game. We've literally never seen this happen before. We've never seen a ref error like that, that it was, like, something that the team did right and the ref did wrong, and we have to go forward with it. Like, it, I, I don't even right, know. What, it's, a, it's, the first, it's the first of its Although time. Although it was sketchy. It was sketchy the way they did it. Read the article in the athletic. Trust me. It was they sent two guys over. I know, but it's like to me, if one guy's silent or the third three guys out there, the they third guy, the third guy was jogging normal. after the ref when he turned around. So I mean to again, and Dan Campbell sketchy. told him pregame, uh Jared Goff pointed to go over there. Like I I I'm firmly on the side of the lines and firmly on the side of the referees are bad and the NFL will never do anything about it. So But anyway. I just want to say, as a Cowboys fan or not a Cowboys fan, I don't think that you can. It is fair to penalize a defense if they don't have all the information either. So everybody lost. I feel like everything should have just been redone, and it sucks for the Lions. It really sucks for the Lions. The same way that it sucks when um, we were called for a tripping penalty that Aiden Hutchinson did, that would have ended the game on that drive. That drive. Oh, yeah. Would have I, again, roughly all around over, and I would have covered my bet. So it's just the, it's the cherry on top for a bad officiated season. And the NFL continues to say they do nothing wrong and they'll, they'll meet in the off season say, none of these calls are wrong. We don't have to change anything. And then next year we'll be back doing the same thing where the refs ruined a game. Every game that feels like a big game is decided uh, at the hands of the referees. I'm just kind of tired of it, frankly. And, and it is frustrating, especially when you're betting because you're like, it changes it really everything. Does yeah. feel like they're invested and it does change everything. Cause like we were anyway, it is what it is. Okay. Yeah. Although if you bet the lines in that game, you cover anyway. So I think that was our first fight. Oh no, I wasn't fighting with you. I'm not fighting with you whatsoever. I'm, I'm, it would have been I, a push for both of us. Um, for people because it was minus six. If if that tripping penalty oh well yeah. called correctly, you know what I'm saying? Like there was there's a lot of like all these like 
things where it's like, what's going on? Are we trying to, but who knows? I, I, I'm for the record, not even no animosity between us. I'm angry at the state of the NFL and the fact that I'm an idiot who continues to watch and will tweet about the league and play fantasy football, which is great and everything I, and continue to see a bad product in the field. And they will never do anything about it. I'm sick and tired of like the constant defense of the shield, what it does like, and just like yeah. they know, and they, they're sending these, uh, ex officials on on ESPN and all the other things, and they chime in like you're not you're just hurting the game and getting people frustrated. But again, as a society, we will never stop watching. So uh, I don't know what the fix is. But if that's not going to change anything, then nothing will. I will say the one thing they did finally fix that I was surprised they did was that playoff coin toss thing. Thank you for fixing that NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Use that as an example and change more things going forward because more people enjoy the game that way. They don't get so angry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because the, the officiating has been horrible. It's, it's too much. It's, yeah, it's too much at this point. Player, you're really aware of that because it's yeah. changed a lot of outcomes for your fantasy team. And, and to bring it full circle back to, to, you know, to, to the tweet in by, by Tom, which has a funny, a very funny, um, uh, abbreviation, the, the poof, uh, stat, poor officiating on the field. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know how you can even quantify it in fantasy, but it, it is something to think about in the sense too, of like, you know, there's been so many, uh, calls on, uh, the DPI when the the underthrown ball the receiver comes yes. back to it. Um, yep. that is something that like I don't know what, how many points you can give you if the, if the player does it maybe one time they get a single point something like that where I, I'm not sure that even is against the officiating but but yeah it it is something that you, they, we could take into consideration uh, going forward. Although again I don't know how you really quantify it uh, the the bad officiating but uh, that is something and, and and a very funny tweet and and poof is a very funny stat. Uh, it's hilarious. Yeah, love it. I love Tom. Um, we have a little bit of info. Oh, oh, I know what I wanted to say. So after all that talk last week about Russell Wilson, and then after we recorded our pod, we found out even more dirty details, which made me feel even worse for Russell Wilson. And then in his you know, interview he did the next day, I thought, wow, Russ went from being someone that people found you know, a little cringy to being really relatable, if you will, and just feeling like, wow, this guy's been really disrespected and he became lovable almost. Uh, um, the offense looked absolutely no different with Jared Stidham. It's exactly the same. Yeah, he threw for like two and 20 yards, one touchdown. Well, Russ did this two weeks ago. He threw for two touchdowns at least. There was no difference, which again, just says to me, is it Russ? Or is it the stupid vanilla play calling? And the more and more that comes out, the more and more convinced I am that if I were a Broncos fan, I would rather have Russ than Sean Payton. I think he is. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. That's a terrible thing to say. I think he's bad news. I mean, knowing that we're going to, you know, the offense looking the same, if not worse, but Stidham is no surprise to me. Again, we talked about this last week. The guys around him not really stepping up. Back, like, no Corlin Sutton. Jerry Judy didn't have a great game at all. Javon DeLeon's not have a great game at all. Uh, you know, Russ is going to end going somewhere and having a fine season. We all know. We documented his stats. A very good season uh, and, a, and a very strange quarterback year. Um, By the way, more passing touchdowns than Lamar Jackson. Oh, yes. And I, I just think that, you know, Russ... Awesome. 
Not that well, he's better than Lamar, but you know. Yeah. Uh, Russell probably, I, I know Dave talked about this a little bit and kind of said in a joking way. And, and I think people are afraid of like the baggage that Russ could bring because he's definitely a distinct personality. But like to me, a team that's in quarterback trouble but has a good foundation, has a good roster, has a good coach. Steelers. Why not the why not the Steelers? Oh yeah. I I've been dreaming about it. Why not? Do you know what George Pickens would be? Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, you have the running backs, you have the coaching staff, you have the weapons. Like I, I don't. To me, it doesn't make any you sense. You can run a similar offense to what they had in Seattle. You know, very run heavy, but with the ability of your quarterback to throw a beautiful deep ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, because to me, I don't know where else a veteran quarterback that will have a price tag would. Where, where else could he go? A lot of teams are looking for their future quarterback and not going to get Russ, who is you know the age that he is, and will still command. I had no idea he was to get him the star of our podcast today, but yeah. he doesn't like this idea, right? I it's just, it. but it, it, I mean, like the Steelers really make the most sense. They're a team that's like on the playoff precipice that have they have a good roster, but they're yeah. not able to pick early enough to get a new quarterback. And I, I still think that he's a great stopgap until their next guy. I don't know where the team really would would qualify um in that range like i i don't I, at least to me like he's not gonna go back to seattle because why are you gonna replace gino like you gave gino the contract um i think the giants have too many holes and they're gonna look for their quarterback of the future so there's not like the patriots won't do it obviously like i don't know what teams would even fit that let me ask you this mold. do you think the carolina panthers is a place the quarterbacks go to die I think that the video of the owner throwing the drink. Uh, on the, yeah, that not, yeah, not a good look. Like it's so toxic. Like I thought about even poor Sam Darnold and it makes me wonder if Sam Darnold, like, so he went from Adam Gaze mm-hmm. and then he went into the Panther system where he was good for a while and then got bad. And, and, and like, is Sam Darnold maybe somebody that's going to come out next year and have like a, a you know, revived season with some team because it just seems like quarterbacks go I mean, there and like poor Bryce Young. I'm so worried about the future of Bryce Young. Baker Mayfield, there. another great example, going from a different team, the NFC South, and now the Bucks are, you know, right now if they went out, they'll be the the the, the NFC South crown. Um, I think Bryce Young, I mean, look, if if CJ Stroud was the first pick and went to uh went to the Panthers, would he be as good as he is this year? Probably no. not. But that being said, be- like it's not like the Texans had a ton of great talent either. And that's the one thing that the Panthers are missing um clearly their owner is frustrated because he took took the first overall pick took a gamble on a guy they traded up for that pick and bryce young looks like he has a lot of you know limitations in this league and they need to get a lot of talent around him Uh, again when you're going to take a guy who is well under 200 pounds and only five foot ten at the tallest which i doubt even is five foot ten um it's hard to have a quarterback who was you know mobile you know in college but he's not gonna be able to do the same exact things in the in the pros and i i think they kind of are realizing like we may have took we took the wrong guy and we set ourselves back a, a very long time because we don't have the draft capital anymore. So like it, it's, it's a bad situation. It's it's the worst situation in football. I think. I wonder if anybody would want to go to Carolina ever. It's going to be hard to get free agents like, there. Yeah. There's no reason. Okay. Why would a receiver want to go there? That's what I mean. Like why it's just going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem for quarterbacks to be there. I, I the, the, the culture seems messed up. Like the way the culture at the beginning of the season seemed messed up for the Colts, but I have to say the game I am most looking, obviously I'm looking forward to the Cowboys game and hopefully they win the NFC East and all that kind of stuff. The game I am probably most looking forward to this weekend is Colts versus Texans. Hmm. These are two scrappy teams. By the way, I also want to say we should have known, and I think we did. Did you pick Arizona in our extra points league? I I did. I did too. Mm -hmm. We should not be that surprised that of all the teams to upset Philadelphia, it was Arizona when Jonathan Gannon was just with Philadelphia. I mean, everyone's acting like, no, I can't believe 
He's like, yeah, well, Jonathan Gannon knows Dallas and he knows Philadelphia, right? He studied them. He had to, you know, know their defenses and know their offenses all last season. He's probably tuned in. It's not that ridiculous. Of course, it's ridiculous. Yes, mm-hmm. the Philadelphia Eagles should have won, but it's not ridiculous that it was competitive to me. Uh, we're just, I mean, Kyler's like just kind of, I wish we had another like month of Kyler. Like he's getting healthy. Like Connor had a great game, man. If they like, you know, they, that win actually hurts them in the, in the draft sweepstakes yeah. to get yeah. Marvin Harrison jr. But if they get like Mar- uh, Maserati Marv with Kyler, a uh, Trey McBride's a player in this league, he's going to be the, one of the top tight ends next year in fantasy. Um, and I, I just think Michael that, Wilson like, juniors get, could be good. Yeah, I think he's gonna be good. They have, they have a lot of younger guys. Uh, they have a very young roster. They leave the youngest. I think they played the most rookies. I know this year in the NFL, um, so a very young roster and Kyler's just getting going. We see what he could do. Um, you know, Kyler's back to being Kyler. And I wish we had another month to watch the Cardinals play because the offense would be a lot of fun. So um, I picked that out of the Cardinals. I, I thought that they would definitely keep the game close. Did not think they would win outright. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they, I guess the future is kind of bright in uh, Arizona if you uh, if you trust in that offense. So um, we've gotten to the betting portion of the podcast, which is like going to take a lot of preference now as we go down we're going to be doing fantasy postseason and a lot of bets and we've done really well with our player props this year but we don't have a thursday night game so i want to take this part of the podcast to address those of you that have week 18 fantasy football championships now let me say not only should your resolutions for this year include no more standard scoring because that's like betting the unders all the time it's so boring you got it i want to see those points it should also include no more week 18 championships And this is the reason why you cannot play your Ravens, your Chiefs, your Browns, or your 49ers. Guess how you got here? You played Ravens, Chiefs, Browns, 49ers. Okay, maybe not the Chiefs. By the (laughs) way, I kept thinking of you this week because we've talked so much about Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. And when that Travis Kelsey commercial came on during the Chiefs game, they said two things at once. I just kept thinking, no, Travis Kelsey, as a matter of fact, you cannot do two things at once. Anyway, I just uh, adding quickly. I mean, they're they're pretty much locked into that three seed, so they're gonna yeah, they uh, they're gonna bench their guys. And like, we know I mean, they're gonna and, bench and their guys because Kelsey that's needs it. Needs but like, I mean, I mean, again, and, and a lot of people had Mahomes probably in their championship, and he struggled to get a you know a decent game. Uh, it's like thirteen points. It's uh, I, I I it's hard again, hard to pick against them in the playoffs. Uh, Andy Reid, Mahomes, but there's nothing really promising about that team right now. And they're they're kind of the, the Eagles of the AFC. They are. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. Okay, so... Here, here's your cheat sheet for the week. Okay, guys, I, I'm going to publish this as well at SI.com, but I wrote this up for the pod and I'm going to publish it there. Okay. So you guys are on my mind when I did this. All right. There's four teams that have little to no incentive to risk the health of their starters in week 18. We mentioned them: the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Browns, the Niners. So the Ravens have nothing to play for. We should assume if they play at all, they're going to pull people early. We've seen Tyler Huntley be very successful. Yeah. These are important things to think of also when you're building your DFS lineups or you're making player prop wagers because there could be a really low number for someone um, that doesn't usually play that would be easy to beat this week. Or you can throw a DFS dart and play a very low salary and end up with a really big game from somebody. So the Ravens and the Chiefs always rest their starters. That's what Andy Reid does. You should count on that. Um, we don't know what Kevin Stefanski will do resting starters. We don't really have a history there. However, they are so injured. 
I just can't see him taking a lot of risks with those guys. Obviously, there's some benefit to having rhythm. Maybe they'll start some of the game, but don't bank on any Browns, okay? 49ers, we already know CMC is out. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, he'll be back for the first playoff round. He's got to nurse that cap. And as you mentioned, Eddie, that unfortunately hurts his MVP chances, but more important that they try to like seal this deal with the Super Bowl here. Um, Now... Shanahan has said that he's not really going to rest his starters, but I don't buy it. (laughs) And I think there's going to be a certain point in the game where it's not going to be worth pushing it. So just use caution. I do think this is a point, though, where you can look at, you know, Eli Mitchell. You can look at someone like Jawan Jennings. You know, maybe they're not going to run Debo and Ayuk out for every snap, right? If Jawan Jennings has a nice, slow, you know, 18 and a half receiving yards prop versus that Swiss cheese Ram secondary, something like that gets really juicy. So bear that in mind. Okay, there's two playoff-based teams that have very low incentive to win and will probably pull starters early, okay? That is the Detroit Lions who have their playoff berth guaranteed. Um, However, the only way they can move up is if both Dallas and Philadelphia lose and they win. That being said, again, Dan Campbell says he's going to start his guys, so you can probably get something out of them. But, you know, be careful. Um, the Rams have already um, locked off, locked up a playoff berth as well. They're mm-hmm. only playing for seeding. Um, they need the Packers to lose in order for that to happen. Again, may not be where that was, you know. Sean McVay did play his starters in the past in this situation. Just be aware, okay? Be aware. There are three teams that are going to be motivated to win this weekend, despite the fact they already have playoff berths. This is who they are. The Dallas Cowboys, Mm -hmm. the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Miami Dolphins. Now, if the Cowboys win, that's it. They win the NFC. They get the number two seed. It's like winning the lotto for them. They're going to be playing really hard to win. They're 13 and a half point favorites, and they're at home. So they probably will. And we do know that if they get a big enough lead, Mike McCarthy does pull starters. However, I think he's going to need a pretty substantial lead to pull them because we've seen how the Cowboys defense has let down late in games and how McCarthy mismanages the clock. So hopefully he's smart enough to be up by at least two touchdowns before he does that. Um, The Eagles are going to be scoreboard watching. And Sirianni basically admitted this. And if Dallas is way up, those guys are going to get pulled. Okay, it's not worth it. The Dolphins are in a battle with the Bills for the AFC East. So if they lose to the Bills, they drop from number two to number six. And the Bills are going to be highly motivated to win this one. So I think you can still play your Dolphins. Here are the teams that are going to be very motivated. Very motivated. The Jaguars, the Bills, the Colts, the Texans, the Steelers, the Bucks, the Packers, the Seahawks, the Saints, to a lesser extent, the Vikings and the Falcons, okay? The Jaguars can win the title if they win, okay? The Bills can win the title in the number two seed if they win, okay? The Colts get a playoff berth with a win. They can also get the AFC South title if the Jacksonville Jaguars lose. There's just all these things at play here. The mm-hmm. Texans are in similar position as the Colts. They can get into the playoffs if they win. They could also have a potential shot at the title if the Jacksonville Jaguars lose. The Steelers, now they need some luck from other teams, but they play in the first game on Saturday, so they have to win. Steelers have to win. Okay, play your Steelers. Um, the Bucks can clinch the NFC South with a victory over Carolina. With a loss, they're not even in the playoffs. They have to win. They have to win. Okay. 
The Packers can clinch a playoff berth with the win versus the Bears. They can still make the playoffs if they don't, but it's going to be really tricky. The Seahawks have to win to have a chance. They also need luck from other teams. But Geno Smith is in line for a $2 million bonus if they make it to the playoffs. So consider <laughs> that when you're looking at your um, playoff berths. Um, Seattle Seahawks. Okay, so the Saints, again, have to win. The Vikings need a lot of luck from other teams, but one thing that can't change is like they have to win to have a chance. Same for the Falcons, okay? Now, f- the Bengals, Jets, Titans, Patriots, Panthers, Bears, Broncos, Raiders, Chargers, Giants, Commanders, Cardinals, they have no incentive to win because they can get draft picks. However, do bear in mind, there's maybe one or two situations where like they could play spoiler, especially to division rivals like the Bears. And so there might be some incentive there for that. And also there are players such as like Justin Fields who might be playing for their futures. So they could be individually motivated. So when you're thinking about pre- player props, that's keep that in mind. Now, finally, here are contract incentives, guys. These are contract incentives to keep in mind now. Obviously, a team doesn't really benefit by paying out contract incentives on the surface. Like, who wants to pay out an extra half a million dollars? But coaches don't care. Coaches are with the players. And I think we should consider that for clubhouse you know, camaraderie, it's goodwill. And if some of these players are close, I think some coaches might put them in there. First and foremost, who I think could have that happen is Austin Eckler. He's a good guy. Uh, their new head coach in, you know, Los Angeles is a good guy. He only is 110 all-purpose yards for a $100,000 bonus. And they're facing the Chiefs this week who won't be using their starters. This is possible. So if you're looking at overs, if you got a player prop and you're like over or under, maybe they will over for Eckler. Like why, why would they not give that a shot, right? Mm-hmm. Odell Beckham Jr., I think his are too lofty, but it's possible OBJ plays even though the Ravens um, don't need to play him. It's possible if they do play, which they should put up some fight because otherwise it's kind of like too easy for the Steelers in my opinion. He needs five catches for a 250000 bonus. He needs two touchdowns for a half a million dollar bonus. That's not happening. 185 yards for a 750K bonus. That's not happening either. But five catches? Eh. Eh. Maybe. Jordan Love gets half a million dollar bonus if the Packers make the playoffs, as if they needed more motivation. DeAndre Hopkins needs 49 yards for a million dollars. Do you think the team decides to do it, or do you think they try to keep him off the field? I, I think any, anytime the player's money's on the line, they're going to let the player play. And you think they to, will? I, okay. I think it's a pretty bad look from the organization to I be like, yeah, is, we're going to yeah. keep money from you. That's terrible. He only needs 49 yards for a million dollars and seven catches for another 250. And this week they face the Jaguars, who will be playing hard, but they've mm-hmm. allowed an average of 12 and a half catches and 155 receiving yards per game to wideouts across the last eight. So it should be a payday for D Hop. So check out those player props and probably take the overs. Uh, Geno Smith, I mentioned, gets the $2 million bonus if they make the playoffs. Dalton Schultz needs four catches for a $250,000 bonus. Okay. No tank Dell. And the Colts have been allowing four and a half catches per game to tight ends across the last seven. What do you think about that one? Could be a Dalton Schultz day. I, I mean, look, uh, I know he had a, he kind of uh, pooped the bed a little bit last week, but I think he's been pretty consistent all year long, and he's been a guy that's been a, a favorite of uh, CJ Stroud, and the Texans do need to win, so I'm I'm all for that. 
Yeah. I'm just mentioning all these guys. Cause if you see like a prop and like Dalton Schultz's player prop is like three and a half catches and you know, at four, he gets a bonus. Oh, you got to take the over there. Come on. You got to root. You got to be with them. Like you both win money and quarterbacks. Like the quarterback knows this, like CJ Stroud knows yeah. that he knows for a fact in practice this entire week, like he wants to get his guy the money. Like he knows, okay, he needs uh-huh. four catches. He will force the ball yeah. to him. That is the one good thing. Players are. Yeah. The players are very good about that. Here's another Houston Texan that gets a bonus. Devin Singletary needs 165 yards for 125,000. Now that is a really big number, but that being said, the Colts have allowed 122 rushing yards per game to opposing runners across the last seven. So at least consider Singletary for your DFS slates because you know he's going to try, right? He's going to be fighting for every extra yard. And then finally, Alexander Madison needs 125 rushing yards for a $650,000 bonus. I don't see this one happening because the Vikings are going to need to win this game. And I don't think they're going to do it on the back of Alexander Madison versus a tough Lions defense. Mm-hmm. But I guess should the Lions rest their starters, there's always an outside shot. Uh, maybe they help him out in garbage time. But those are just some interesting nuggets, guys. Use those nuggets to make money. I, I was just, you know, and you could correct me if I'm wrong here, and I, I'm sure there's been other weeks that have been um, other years where there's been a better week 18 or I guess not week 18, week 17 previous years. But like outside of outside of Lamar being benched, uh, although you could say what you want about Mahomes, but he probably was most team stars, although he's been kind of up and down. Mahomes being benched. Kelsey hasn't done much of anything, but I get it. You're starting tight end. Um, and then on the NFC side, definitely Christian McCaffrey, if not other guys. but in turn outside and and some teams will pull their starters, but is there, is it like not that bad of a week 18? It's, it's more competitive this year. I think because right. more teams are just like in the hunt this Close year. Than get, right, expected. Right, right. right. And so I think you actually have made a break. If, if you have a week 18 championship, it's not as bad as another year. Okay. I a hundred percent agree. And I think it's easier to bet too, and yes. easier to do your DFS slate. So yeah, a hundred percent. Though I will say I we don't have any more time. I know we've run out of time, but one thing I also wanted to mention, it actually even starts in week 17, in my opinion. Like because, like, for instance, Christian McCaffrey, I had him on a, a championship team. I'm not sure they would have pulled him. A him. He, he lost a touchdown that he would have had was, for sure. Yeah, yeah, he was four yards short of a receiving mm-hmm. prep and needed to cut, you know, but the, these guys that get you there, they're exactly the guys that you probably like. They decided to save Amari Cooper, mm-hmm. right? They uh, like, and you know, Amari's going to be balling next week. He was balling the week before. I had to play without Amari Cooper. They're going to be careful with the guys mm-hmm. in this situation when they think they have things locked up. So, like, I totally. just like this year we it's, have to that's, oh, a, that's a great point. Yeah. CMC gets you the championship, but it's the guy like Kyron Williams you picked up on the waiver wire that wins it for you. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, it's, you know, it's an interesting strategy and something to keep in mind the whole time. Um, guys, as you probably figured out, um, even though the fantasy playoffs are over, we, we have a lot of content because mm-hmm. we can't shut up. Um, and next week we're going to start our fantasy playoffs. And most importantly, want to make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at extra points and you subscribe to all the pods on the network, including lemon pepper, parlay, trendy extra points, uh, covered in glory. So much great content for you. And there's gonna be tons of betting and DFS content on all of those shows as well. In our extra points league, Eddie, um, we're doing okay. We like, are. There's an outside. Are we stopping at regular season and restarting the count? Are we doing through playoffs with the total count? 
That's actually a great question. Um, I feel like I am the one that should know that, but I will definitely chat with Toby and be like, are we going to do a, a regular season, then a postseason, or just keep going? But um, yeah, everyone, I mean, our entire uh, our entire staff, I think I think our last place is like only two games under 500. Martin and Sarah both tied, and they're like right there, like right near the 500 yeah. mark. We're all doing very, very uh, good as a, a group. I know Mark Gunnell's back in the top, uh, Toby right behind them there, and, and you're doing pretty good as well. But we have a chance to still take the lead. He's five games up on me. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Is He's two up on Toby, five on you. Yeah. He's five up on Shaq, five up on Brett. I mean, like, if we end it regular season, there's a chance, and you're right knocking the door right behind us. Yeah, me and Hench are tied, 116 and 114. Yeah. So, I mean... I'm just happy the network as overall is good. You can look to pretty much any of us to have great picks. And like Anybody. I said, even like Martin and Sarah who are in the bottom, like they've come on real strong as of late. We're all right by the 500 mark are over. So it's a fantastic job by everyone here. Really, really good. Um, so anyway, yeah, follow us there. We'll have picks out for you on Sunday. This is this is mm-hmm. a trickier week. Uh, I'm going to use my own cheat sheet to make my picks <laughs> as far as my motivation cheat sheet. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, in the meantime... You guys want to start checking out uh, postseason playoffs. We recommend NFFC. There's also Circle Sports. There's uh, a lot of other places too. We will talk about all of them and uh, we'll be back to help you win those starting next week. Enjoy week 18. Win those bets. Let us know when you do.